bless you this morning. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. Bless our time of fellowship. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your strength. Bless your people in Jesus' mighty name. Good morning to you. Clap your hands and welcome Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much this morning to the team. Tremendous. Tremendous. Social distance high five somebody. Tell them you look much better when your mask is off. Amen. Amen and amen. Now keep your mask on according to let us obey what we need to obey. So God bless you for that. Awesome, awesome. Greetings to every single one of you online. We love you. We miss you. We want to give you a hug to all our friends and partners across the globe. We are so blessed, tremendously blessed. And um, tell me that you're winning this morning, Brian. Where are you? Give me a, a thumbs up. Let me know that we are winning. Okay, we are winning. For many of you that don't know, we've been under a tremendous challenge concerning just various things. It's been, it's been the internet, and then it's been computers, and then it's been power, and there's been so much confusion. And so, um, with some things that happened this past week on the campus, uh, Tasman, who's the CEO of the Fort Change on the campus, the Lord wakes up last Monday morning and says, go to the campus and break bread. Because in the breaking of the bread, sometimes some of you don't know why you're going through what you're going through. And anytime, <laughs> I bind every disturbance this morning, I'm telling you. <laughs> ah, Jesus. You know, it's, it's not been major, but it's been an irritation. And so, <laughs> so Tasman goes onto the campus last week and she, she breaks bread. She stands here and she takes authority over everything that she cannot see, the, the things that she, that she doesn't know what's going on. God's going to reveal some things to her. And if I tell you what unpacked in one week, because God showed her what was happening in the spiritual realm, things that the enemy tried to hide. That we even had two students having to leave the campus this week. That's because some of you don't know even why you're sitting broke, why you're depressed, why certain things, you got, you're clueless what you're fighting. And the only way you can fix it is when you break bread. And I know he's speaking specifically about breaking the bread of God's word and getting revelation. But we're adding to that this morning and we're going to have communion. So that I don't know what is harassing you around your health. I don't know what's harassing your family in this season. But we're going to break bread and you're going to start to see things you have never seen before. You're going to look at the devil and say, there it is. This is what's harassing my family. This is what's harassing my finances. And this is where God's bringing us into, right? Is there anybody with me this morning? Are you awake? Are you, expect, are you expecting God to speak to your situation? God's going to do that. So the series we're in, it's called Rest. And I want you to know that we are pivoting between Wednesday night and Sunday. There's very, a very real thing that God is doing. So um, the series and the season that we're in, it's dealing with having to walk with the gift of discernment. And the gift of discernment is, of course, for your spirit. So your spirit can operate with its love. The, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, self-control, that's in the spirit. So there's a spiritual realm that 
your spirit has found rest. Give me Matthew, give me Matthew chapter 11, please, and verse 28. Let me just give you the context of where we are. We're going to get into some deeper things, but I want to lay the foundation of where we're at. So I think it's Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, if we're in there. If you can assist me, that'll be, that'll be great. And even the chart would be a, a better thing. So let's get into the read of the scripture. Let's go back to the scripture. Let's read it first. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Can you give me the scripture? I'll appreciate if you can give us the scripture first. So it says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Watch now the difference. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. So there's a difference between giving rest and finding rest. There's a difference between giving rest and finding rest. When Jesus gives you rest, he gave you rest for your spirit. So your spirit rests now in Christ, and when you, are, when you die, because um, you are born again, your spirit then connects with God. To be absent from the, from the body is to be present with the Lord. So God is spirit, and now because you are saved, your born again spirit, your recreated spirit has found rest. It's the only place you can get rest for your spirit. There's a spiritual realm that is more real than the natural realm, and you, when you get born again, you, He gives you rest. He makes you the righteousness of God. So you get rest from him. Then he says on the next verse, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. So check the difference. Put up the chart for us, and let's have a look. So when you receive rest, the requirement is that you come to him. Who gives it? Jesus gives it to you. He gives you rest. It's rest for your spirit. That's initial salvation. When you go into Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, he says, Learn from me what causes it. Now I need to apply certain principles because this rest I now must go and find it. This one, it's not given to you, you must go and find it. And we'll teach you about how to find it this morning. It's the rest, not for your spirit. Your spirit is settled. You are, the Bible says you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So that one is done. The enemy cannot harass you about that. You know, if you know you're the righteousness of God, clap your hands and say amen. The next one that you must now go is for your soul. This one is settled in the spirit. You don't pay for it. It's by grace you've been saved. This one is progressive. This one you must go and find. This is the one that you must, it's a whole different attitude that you must have with this one. Otherwise, if you don't do that, you, you will walk this earth restless. And so this morning, the title of my sermon is The War for Your Soul. And I'm in the books, book of Exodus, chapter 17 and verse 14, please. Let me give you context. Um, in fact, give me verse 8. Exodus chapter, I want to give you the, the full context of this scripture that's going to empower you. This is really, really good. So remember, 
they are on a journey out of Egypt and they're going into the promised land and they meet up with an enemy. Now you are on a journey spiritually. You are developing your spirit. You are becoming what God has called you to be. You're coming into your destiny. But in its progress, in its journey, um, you must be aware of what's going on around you. So this particular thing that happened for them as we reach into the Old Testament to understand what we are dealing with. It says, now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Israel, Rephidim means peace. It means rest. Rephidim. So the Amalekites come and they start to harass God's people. They on a journey and what was in the natural in the Old Testament is your spiritual inheritance in the New Testament. So you must pay attention to the Old Testament because it's fulfilled in the New Testament. So when you are walking with God and you're becoming all that God has called you to be, God is not going to, he said to Moses, my presence will go before you and I will give you rest. So anytime I'm anxious and I'm worried and I'm concerned about my life, I, 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 I'm, I got to check the condition of my soul. And the Lord made something very clear here. So it's really powerful. Watch. So Moses said to Joshua, choose some men and go out. Fight. There's a war for your soul. Somebody say fight. He says, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow, I will stand on the top of the hill and the rod of God in, with the rod of God in my hand. So Moses is the leader. He's got the anointing. And he says, we're going to go on to the top of the hill. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. So Joshua's on the ground. Moses is on the mountain. And Moses, Aaron, and her went to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he had let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. Have a look at, listen to the conversation. Because in there is revelation for your life. It's when you become tired and you become weary. It's November. Still haven't got my breakthrough. Still don't know what to do next year. Still the enemy is trying to wear you out. So the series on rest and then discerning things on a Wednesday night is vital for you, for you to have the combination of the two happening because God is not just teaching you that your spirit is rested, but it's teaching you how to function out of the spirit. So that when you walk in the spirit, you not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But as long as my flesh or my soulish realm is anxious and worried, I don't get to hear God and I don't get to discern accurately what's happening in the spirit. Is anybody with me this morning? So they took a stone and put it under him. So Moses becomes tired. And with, with his weariness, his hands drop. Look at the leaders that are supporting because it wasn't about Moses. It was about the people. So many people going and saying, ah, the pastors, the anointing, protect the anointing. And then it wasn't about the man. It was about the people. Because as long as Moses' hands were up, the people were winning. Are you listening to me, all you leaders? Your number one job is to give rest 
to the anointing in this house. Not me. Because anytime I'm walking with rest, anytime the computers are working the way it should, anytime things are flowing the way they should, the victory is not about me, it's about you. And when leaders come around me, their number one job is to give me rest. You can't have me anxious on a Saturday night whether we're going to stream live and this thing's going to work on a Sunday. You can't have us operating, and I know we're putting out our faith for new computers and, and new things that needs to happen, but stop trying to go and fight the anointing because anytime Moses wasn't there for himself, he was there for the people. Because people get breakthrough United States, everywhere you're finding sons in Zambia that are tuned in right now, Peter and, and Annie, and their breakthroughs is happening in Zambia. Because they're connected to the anointing. The whole idea is that you give rest to the leader. Someone, you know, we should end the service right here. You go home and you think, it's a sila moment. Think about this thing. Pause and think about what I'm saying. Because the reason why many people aren't getting their breakthroughs on the ground is because nobody's paying attention to the anointing that must be preserved. Your number one job in this ministry is to give rest to your leaders, not to harass them. If Aaron is stressed out on top here because nobody wants to work together, it affects the anointing, it affects the people on the ground. I hope you're hearing me because we're in a war. Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone. So Moses goes and he sits on the rock. Who's the rock? The rock is Christ. So you are seated. What is that? That is the one that Christ gives you. Because when you're in Christ, you're a new creation. So you are seated. Your spirit has rest. He sat on it, and Aaron and her supported his hands. One on one side, and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady. You were supposed to make this ministry steady. You were supposed to keep this ministry steady. Steady in your giving. Steady in your work on the ground. Steady so that there's no disturbance. Why? It's not about me. It's about you. Stop fighting people, man. Stop having the wrong thing. It was, it's amazing how people that you come to their rescue... And like they're drowning and you try to save them. It's no wonder that, you know, lifesavers know when they come into the waters, they've got to go and almost slap the person to say, relax, I'm here. Because they'll drown the person with them. I've come here for you. All that God has done is for your breakthrough. Someone's going to clap their hands this morning and thank the Lord for the church. Because many people are fighting the church across the globe. I'm not here for me, I'm here for you. I hope somebody's hearing me today. When I have rest, I mean, Ronaldo walks into my house this week and he looks at some things that are out of, you know, that we, we trust in God to finish some things around the pool and get some things done. He walks in there and he gives me rest. He says, Dad, I need you to rest. 
Because you need to find if there's a problem, how can you be sitting with the solution and you are part of this church and you don't come and find a way to give the church rest? How can you be part of the problem? You know the reason why the people are not getting their breakthrough? It's because not once do you pay attention to the fact that this church needs rest. Now look at the victory. I'm praying at home. My wife is praying every single day for you. So that you can get the breakthrough. Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So here's the title of my sermon. Let's go further. Verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Forgiving God's people, harassing them. You know how serious it is with God that you don't have rest. Do you understand that you cannot harass God's people and think you can get away with it? You cannot come here and mess with God's people. You are the apple of God's eye. If the boss is trying to harass you and mess with your life, do you understand that they're in trouble? When God has sent you to a company and you are blessing to the people, you're not stealing from them, you're empowering them, and all they do every single day is harass you and tire you and wear you out. The devil is a liar. You are a child of a living God. I am telling you, anything that's harassing you, God is going to deal with it in the season. Anybody that is stressing you out, who's a burden to you, God, the anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God is going to remove anything that is a burden to you. I I needed somebody that was a better message for you this morning. Your spirit should have been awake and say, yes, Lord, I need that anointing. If you are harassing me, the devil is going to, I'm telling you, you're going to put the devil to flight in this season because God said, let Amalek know I'm coming after them. Never under heaven will they stay. Because the Amalekites went after the weary and the tired. The Amalekites went after the old people that were in the journey, but were at the back. They were attacking those that were lagging behind. Are you hearing God? So when you bring COVID and it's been designed to actually kill off the older people, you, you, you got to die. And Moses built an altar and called its name the Lord is my banner. Now listen to the scriptures. For he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek. From when? Even in your generation. Because the enemy wants to wear people out don't want them to reach their destination. Wants to, weariness and tired is not part of your inheritance. You're going to remain fresh and flourishing. You're going to remain strong as an overcomer. You're going to keep on walking in victory all the days of your life. Come on, somebody. You're just going through the season. But the Lord says there's going to be a war in every generation. This war, this war, we know our fight's not against flesh and blood. But this war, this war is the war for your soul. Now let's go deeper. 
anything that you are dealing with right now, you must understand that anytime I feel stressed out about something, it's a problem in my soul, which can manifest in my physical body, which of course affects my finances. Because you will prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So what's happening in your soul, you must pay attention to that. And any person and anything and, and, and your side, you need to stay free from it because the reason why you forgive quickly and you let go is because it's affecting your soul. The reason why you don't harbor unforgiveness, the reason why you don't go and look for, you know, fall into the trap of offense. You've got to let it go. Your fight's not against no political party. You've got to stay clear from that thing because the enemy wants to trap you and mess with your destiny. Listen to Psalms 16 verse 7. Psalms 16 and verse 7. Listen to David. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. <laughs> you know, your spirit... Peter says, he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That means everything that you need for godliness, for contentment, for finances, for breakthrough is in your spirit. You, God locked it up there. What the problem that you're having is that from your spirit, your spirit man needs to push the idea, give you the thought, give you counsel and push that into your soulish realm so that your mind captures what God is saying. And if I am anxious, number one, if I'm not saved, the spirit that I'm dealing with here, Christ is on the head, so I'm getting information from something that's got nothing to do with the word of God. But when I'm saved, now the enemy wants to come and harass you so that your soul is vexed in a way or your soul is troubled, and you're going through what you're going through, but it's because he doesn't want you to know the answer that's coming from the Spirit into your soul. Because the blockage, it's a pipe from the Spirit to your soul, and when you have your soul prospering, here comes my health in my body. When my soul is prospering, here comes the money in my hand. Here comes the business idea. Here comes peace in my family. Here comes blessing in my, in my life. Why? Because it's come from my soulish realm. But my soul gets affected by the fact of if I am troubled in my soul, even though I have all the answers in my spirit, it doesn't push through the answer that I need. I don't know which way to go. I don't walk with the gift of discernment. I don't walk with the gift of prophecy. I don't walk with, with, with the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. All that's deposited in my spirit that has all the answers that pertain to life and godliness, it's locked up in my spirit. So if I am troubled in my soul, I am vexed here. I have a problem getting the information through. It's like a blocked pipe. Because I'm so troubled about everything. That's why he must restore my soul. So the war that you're in right now is not people. The war is for your soul. So the enemy knows if he harasses you and you're anxious and you're angry with everybody and unforgiving and you're bitter and you um, unbelieving, all of that here affects what God can do through you.
Everybody with me? Listen to David. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. Question, who's speaking to you at night? You need to write down what you, who's speaking to you. Because there are different voices that's vying for your attention and pushing information and instructing you. And not all of it is of God. He says, I've set the Lord always before me because He's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope because David found a place for his soul. He found home for his soul. For you, he speaks to the Lord, he says, you will not leave my soul in Sheol. Some of you, your soul is in hell. You got no word. And the enemy is having a party. And David says, if I don't have word, my soul is locked up in a place called Sheol. It's in hell. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let's now get into the practicality of now I need to understand that if everything about my life is happening in my soulish realm, I need to understand rest. I need to let you know that there is a war going on. The Amalekites will fight you until the day you die. If you don't get up and war back. The Lord says you're going to make war with them. Because when David, when, when Moses got the victory, he lifted up. He says, the Lord is my banner. So even though I'm saved, I now need to make the Lord my banner over my soul. Anybody with me? I now make sure that the Lord becomes my banner so that my soul finds rest. I let it find rest. It was given rest in my spirit. I must find rest in my soul. And now he becomes my banner. That means anytime I judge a situation, I judge it through the banner of this word. I ask the Lord, what does he say? So the enemy cannot stay in my life, and I, when I'm anxious and I'm worried and I'm concerned and, and whatever, let, let me get into scripture to give you a bit of explanation. Luke 24, verse 13. I touched on this yesterday morning, and as we were about to break bread, this thing cut, and so the devil is a liar. We're gonna preach it until you get it. Hear me to everybody that's out there on, on social media and, and, and having to listen to what we're doing. Our focus is making sure that the word gets to you. Hear me, trust me when I say to you, there's a war going on. We're looking for whatever is harassing us because our number one goal is to get the word out to you. Why? Because it's the rest for your soul. So know that we love you. And know that we are in this fight, but it's to make sure that you can walk in victory all the days of your life because we love you. And there's no distance in the spirit. But if the enemy can mess with the technology, it becomes a problem for you. And my heart and my focus and all that we're dealing with is that, did the word get out to you? Could you be part of the service? And so we're upping our game. We're investing more in technology. We're bringing more people alongside. And if you can assist us, get involved. Let's get the technology the way it needs to be so that the word gets out. And somebody said, yeah. So let's give context. 
Jesus has died on the cross. He's resurrected. Everybody that was hoping Jesus would be the, would be the, the Messiah. They now are troubled because not only is Jesus dead, the Romans and uh, that, that crucified him and the people that were so antagonistic to this group of people that Jesus called to, as his apostles and disciples, they're now having to hide because they're coming to destroy the sect. They call them a cult and they mock them because you were following this man. This man died. His name is Jesus, the Messiah. And now the whole city is in trouble. So the disciples are afraid and they're hiding. And Jesus, when he's resurrected, so amazing. This is your, look at the journey. I'm in, I'm in the book of Luke chapter 24 and verse 30. Let's just read it and then I'll, I'll explain some things. So Jesus doesn't go and call five, he had 5,000 people before that he preached to, right? He didn't call 5,000 people and say, hey, hey, I'm here. You thought I died. I am the Messiah. I am the man. What's wrong with you people? Peter, why weren't you there at the tomb? I told you on the third day I'll be resurrected. You people were all wrong. You're bad. He doesn't do that. Because when you're on the journey with God, it becomes really personal. God's not speaking to the crowd this morning. He's coming to visit you this morning personally. I thought you'd get happy about that. So Jesus appears to these two that are now speaking. Listen, now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Yesterday I said they were going to Emmaus and then to Jerusalem. They were actually coming from Jerusalem and they were traveling towards Emmaus. That's more accurate for the scripture. They talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you living under a rock? I mean, look at the re this response to this thing. Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? I say, stupid. Don't you know that this thing's happening with the Democrats and the Republicans? Don't you know that the election's not been called yet? Huh? And have you not known the things that happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? You be careful when Jesus asks you a question. When, G when the Lord asks you a question, it's not like he doesn't have an answer. <laughs> it's called a location question. When he says, Adam, where are you? It's not like he doesn't know where Adam is. It was a location question. Anytime God asks you a question, you must pay attention because he knows something that you don't. So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed. Oh, now he's a prophet. How did you relegate him? He was supposed to be the Messiah. Who decided he was a prophet now? 
Because when you're going through your trouble, you can take the church and relegate it to some place. You can take your relationship with Jesus and relegate it to a place of where I thought God had all the strength. I thought if I tithe one month that there'll be a breakthrough. Now he's a prophet. He was the Messiah. These are disciples that took him from being the Savior to now a prophet. Because it's good for my soulish realm that I don't still believe in the fact that he's actually a Messiah and it looks like it's a con job. You be careful that your reasoning does not relegate God to, to being your buddy on Facebook. You be careful that you don't take your faith and put it to a level where you are comfortable with. He is still God all by Himself. He's still a miracle-working God. He is still your deliverer. He is still your Messiah. He's still the one that can make a way where there seems to be no way. Someone's going to shout louder in this church. He can still make a way. He can still return on that deal. He can still make another way. It doesn't have to be that job. It doesn't have to. He's got a million ways to bless you, and you only need one way. He's got a million ways to show you, provide for you. You only need one breakthrough. Come on, somebody. Shout yes and amen. Don't let the enemy relegate your God to somebody who you must go and work for. He's God all by himself. Just because you are Christian and you voted Republican, he must show up as Republican. God is God all by himself. And he doesn't need President Trump to make, to rule. Let me get off. He says, he was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that he had also, they had also seen a vision of the angels who said he was alive. And certain of these who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see. But they did not see. But they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter his glory? And beginning at Moses, Moses wrote the first five books of the, of the, of the Old, of Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He starts from the book of Genesis. And, he ex and all the prophets and expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So every chapter, every book of the Bible points to the Christ. Then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him and said, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent and he went to stay with them. It came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and they vanished from this and he vanished from their sight. Please keep going. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road? 
on the road? Who's speaking to you on your spiritual journey? And while he opened the scriptures to us, and they rose up that very hour, middle of the night, tough road, dangerous road, and willing to go further. Go back to Jerusalem, return to Jer Jerusalem, and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, the Lord is risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road. I don't know what you're dealing with right now on your road, your spiritual road. And how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. And as they were speaking, Jesus appears to them, stood in the midst of them and said, peace to you. Now let me get into your understanding about when you're going through a tough season and you are dealing with the war for your soul. So, your soul is your whole life. All that makes you the person that you are, it's the seat of your memory, it's your feelings, it's your imaginations, it's your convictions, it's your desires and affections. So everything about you is lodged in your soul. So when you have a fear, when you have an anxiety, it's lodged in that place. If you don't address it, it stays. And more than that, it grows. So it can become a stronghold in your life. And your, the idea is that you were supposed to make the Lord your banner. And through the Word of God, it then becomes a place where you settle every issue. Because you go to war. Not with people, you deal with your soul. You deal with what's happening inside of you. And we all go through different challenges. And this, this year has been one of those that we've got to come back to the place of where it's not just I find rest. No. You need to fight for your rest. You're going to have to fight for it. I didn't say fight people. I said you need to fight what's going on on the inside of you. And you have to fight and wage a good warfare by the prophetic word or the word that's been spoken over you. So in your soul, your mind, your thinking, your understanding, that comes, there comes your choices. Because if I'm anxious here and then my soul is in Sheol or I, I don't think I'm going to make it, I become depressed or I become suicidal or I think life is over. Because many people have gotten Jesus Christ and they, He gave them rest. But they don't know how to find rest. And to find rest, you have to go to war first. Because if you don't war with this thing, the devil will eat your breakfast. Come on, somebody. But you are a new child. Come on, you're a child of a living God. And you can't run off your feelings. I want the devil to know that I am born of God. And that which is born of God overcomes this world. Oh, yes, I know you're telling me I don't have the education. But I've come to tell you that I am blessed beyond measure. That wherever I go and whatever I do, whatever I put my hands to, it shall prosper. Why? Because the anointing upon my life. I know what nobody else knows. Uh, I have an unction from the Holy One and I know all things. Oh yes, I am an overcomer. Oh yes, I've been born to win. Can somebody put it as a banner over your soul this morning and believe the Lord your God this morning. Come on, you got to get up and fight this thing and say devil, you want to fight? I'm going to fight you. I'm going to make a war for my soul, but I'm not going to walk in anxiety. I'm not going to fight people. I'm not going to be worried. 
I'm not going to keep on going to the doctors. I'm not going to keep on staying on, on, on medication that says, oh, well, this is permanent. The devil is a liar. When I break bread this morning, I'm going to walk in victory and say, ah, uh-uh, the soul is prosperous. That's why David could say, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who heals all your diseases, cleanses all your iniquities, redeems your life from destruction. Oh, glory to Jesus. Can somebody stand to their feet and bless the Lord this morning? Come on, soul. I command my soul in seasons. I got to command my soul to bless the Lord. Because it doesn't look like anything is going for me. But I'm in a war. And if I'm going to win this war, I'm not going to say, so how do you feel? I don't care how you feel. What God says about us uh, is what it's going to be. Oh yes, I'm going to fight this thing. You may be seated. The devil is a heavy taskmaster. If you don't fight him back, if you don't resist him, if you don't stand over your soul and take authority over it, he'll mess with you. You'll start to imagine a lifestyle and a, a failure and, and suicide and broke and no favor. Who said so? Where, who said you have no favor? Who said so? You are born again. Now it's locked up in your spirit. You need to stand here and say, no, I am highly favored of the Lord. Starting to feel a little better this morning. So let's get into just four things I want to touch on. When you're walking with God, please write down. Number one, They're taking a walk, and they're having a conversation. Jesus doesn't appear to the 5,000. He comes into the center of their conversation. Do you know how personal your God is? He's hearing you speak. He's hearing your challenge. He knows the the moaning and the groaning and the, the Lord, I don't know which way to go anymore. I don't know what to do with my children anymore. And he is a personal God. You see, the first thing you must write down concerning this journey. Number one, there are four opens I'm going to speak about. The first open is that God is open and you must be open to a conversation. God's not afraid to deal with your fear. God's not afraid to deal with your unbelief. God's not afraid to answer you whatever you are dealing with. God, I'm angry about this. Let's have a conversation. Lord, I'm struggling to believe you for this thing concerning my future. Can we have a conversation about this? Are you open to God speaking to you? This is the part I love about the Lord. Because you see, God loves speaking so much, He called Himself the Word. Do you love having conversation with God? This journey, this spiritual journey, is personal. It's really personal. 
So the first thing is that he steps in and then he asks the question. We spoke about that. Because he's locating him. So they call him prophet, they're not messiahs. Like, okay, if you want me to speak about this. The next thing is that if you are open to a conversation which God is calling for in your struggling season, I love that thing about Daphne. Daphne would come to me and ask me all kinds of questions. The only time I know that Daphne is in real trouble is when she's not asking questions anymore. Because then she's in a real fight. She's fighting all kinds of stuff. But you don't have to speak to me. I'm not your savior. Jesus is your savior. Why don't you ask him? There's a location thing going on with the church in the season. Where, where, what does the church believe? Lots of things happening across the globe. And we're hearing about, you know, what the enemy is doing and, and how and vaccines are coming and, 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 and. The question is asking the church, so what do you believe? It's a location question. Where is the church? Here's the second thing. If you are open to conversation, the next thing God's going to do is open the scriptures to you. That's the second open. Because then he opened up the scriptures. And he started speaking. That's the reason why many of you online right now, you're enjoying the service, Wednesday night's teachings, Saturday's teachings. You're opening up because of the questions that you have in life. You're having a conversation. It's happening in your soul. You then tune in on the service. Why? Because God wants to open up scriptures to you. So Jesus, the next step is to give you a pastor. He gives you a pastor, Max. He gives you a church. He gives you a place that you can come to. You sing some songs that we believe we're living with superior systems. I love that song. And how God is going to do superior things. I love it. We're singing. We're praising the Lord. Listen how powerful this becomes. Because in this, they're saying, I jumped ahead of myself. Let's go back one. Because there's something about hopelessness. They said we were hoping. Before he opens up the scriptures, Jesus is accurately asking you, what are you feeling hopeless about? Because they're saying, and for many of you, they, they told you, well, we thought he was going to be the Messiah. Actually, he's just a prophet. So God's not, you don't have to pretend in his presence. I know you got some fake Facebook friends that you can't tell them the truth. You've got to always smile on Facebook. Oh, that's a lovely pic. But you know, when you hit that pillow at night, it's just you and God. That's when he visits you. I don't know, some of you have been feeling hopeless because the Bible says hope deferred makes us heart sick. Many people are saying, by now I was hoping that I would have a baby. By now I was hoping I would, have a, I would be married. By now I was hoping that the child would really be serving God. By now I was hoping that, you know, that, that I'll be healed from this thing. It's this hopelessness. That my financial state would change. My purpose. It's this hopelessness. Jesus comes to visit in the midst of that. The next thing is, he starts opening up the scriptures. Because the Lord has to give you an anchor for your soul. It's called the word of God. So he opens the scriptures to you. 
He'll point you to the scriptures. He'll point you. You know, they are, according to Bashiri himself yesterday, he says, I've got 2.7 million followers in, in South Africa alone. He now has to flee. What kind of hopelessness is around all those people that followed him? Can I give you some insight this morning? A true prophet. How do you discern? How do you know the difference between a true prophet and a false prophet? A true prophet will always open the scriptures to you that points you to Christ. He says, all the scripture was about me. Everything that you've been studying, Genesis, all the way through, it's about Christ. If I am the one that's big in the picture, that's a problem. A prophet, if he becomes major one in your life, where does Christ, where's Christ relegated to? Now you're finding the real problem. Every prophet has to open scripture to you, but a true prophet always presents Christ to you. A true prophet will never be bigger than the Christ he reveals to you. I'll never be, I can never be. I'm, a, I'm gifted, I'm anointed, but I have a, a shepherd and I have a man of God over my life, a, 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 a God over my life that I've got to point you to. So, one author who started prophecy claims that there are 355 prophecies that are fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Over 100 prophecies just in his life, death, burial, and resurrection. All of the scriptures must point you to Christ. Then you're safe. Why? He becomes the banner over my soul. So Psalms 27, 13, and 14. Yet I'm confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. When I take the scriptures, I now go home. My soul finds rest. My, my soul is like I come into a lounge and a space where either I'm in the bath or a place of rest in my home when I get into the scriptures. Why? Because the word of God is your home. Psalms 130 verse 5. I'm counting on the Lord. Yes, I'm counting on Him. I've put my hope in the word, in His word. Psalms 40 verse 1 and 2. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet so solid on solid ground and steadied me as I walked around. Someone's going to get a steady word from the Lord. Someone's going to, their lives are going to steady up in the season. You're going to begin to speak to your soul and say, soul, calm down. The Lord is on our side. We are fighting a good fight of faith. We are walking by faith and not by sight. I don't care what it looks like out there. I know that I have peace on the inside here. Somebody needs to shout and give the Lord some praise. Here's, here's point number three. Let me say this, and I need to say it slowly, and I need you to hear me today. This is the great divide in the body of Christ. Jesus not only joins in on the conversation, He now opens up and points them to Scripture. From Old Testament to himself. I don't know what scripture he gave, but he, he packed it out to a point where they said, didn't our hearts burn when he opened up the scriptures to us? Here's the divide. Jesus says, cheers guys, you're turning off? I gotta, I'm on the road. 
Please hear me. The people that have real rest for their souls don't go to church to find a word. When they come to church and they're on the road, they take Jesus home with them. They gave Him, here's your th third open, an open invitation. Come home. Does Jesus, do you leave the word here? Do you just have, oh, we sang songs here and you don't worship at home? You heard the word here and you never open up the scriptures in your own bedroom? That's the difference between those who have real rest for their souls and those who don't. Because they wait for a church service and they wait for, wait for Major One and now they get themselves into trouble. Because when Major One's not there, what are you going to do? They invited Christ home. Does, is He welcome in your home? And listen to what I'm saying to you. Please hear me. I'm not talking about your physical home. I'm talking about in your soul. Where every day you meditate on the word day and night and you wake up and you say, Father, I'm so thankful. I wake up in the morning because the word of God richly indwells me with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. When I wake up in the morning, I look and say, Father, I'm so grateful. It's a brand new day. Yes, Lord, I messed up, but your mercies are new every morning. I make Him a banner over my life. I begin to worship Him. I begin to praise Him. Not when I'm in service. It's when I'm alone at home, when I'm walking around the pool, when I get into my pool and I begin to exercise in the morning. He's swimming right there with me. The Lord speaks to me when I exercise. There's something about me getting up and I have a shower. You know, when I have a shower, part of it is I said, Father, forgive me of all my and as I've been washed on the outside, cleanse me on the inside, but create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Father, where I've messed up, I thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Oh, Father, I thank you for your favor that's upon my life. Oh, thank you for a good night's rest. Oh, I wake up in the morning when you're driving in the traffic, when somebody comes against you, you can smile and say, the devil, you, the, the Lord rebuke you, devil. I'm going to love on people because my fight's not against flesh and blood. I'm not going to fight people anymore. Come on, somebody. Because when you've got rest for your soul, you realize that people are not your problem, that your bank manager is not your problem, that the people around you is not your problem. You are a child of the living God. And when you begin to walk in victory, your soul finds rest in His Word. Oh yes, my soul is home. My soul has found a home. I'm warring. When I have to war, I can get up and say, devil, no, no, no. I heard you telling me that in the next three years, I'm going to die. No, I have a fresh word. I've agreed with my doctor. My doctor said to me, Son, this is what we're going to do for you. In the next 10 years, you're going to look better than what you look right now because I'm going to work on some stuff with you. I said, I'm in agreement with that word. I'm getting younger every single day. Those that remain in the house of the Lord, they'll remain fresh and flourishing. Come on, you can stand to your feet this morning. You can bless the Lord this morning. Woo! Woo! What's the separator? The separator is the invitation. I take him home. I don't come to church on Sunday looking for a word. The word has found a home in my heart. First opening is an open conversation. Second opening is the opening of the scriptures. The third opening 
is an open invitation. Behold, I stand in the door and I knock. That wasn't for an unbeliever, it was for believers. You were supposed to open the door of your heart and say, Lord, you need to counsel me. You need to speak to me. Here's the fourth one and I'm done. When he finds home, when the word finds home in your soul, boom, the eyes of your understanding, their eyes opened to another dimension and they could see him as he really is. And their lives were changed forever. And where they were cowering as fearful, trying to get home because it's dark, and what are they going to do to us? Now that he is, their revelation brought a turnaround. We're going back to Jerusalem. And we're afraid of nobody. Because if you can see what others cannot see, you can go where others cannot go. If you can see what others cannot see, you can have what others cannot have. What makes us walk with such prosperity? What makes us? Because it's a time for war. And I'll tell the devil, you can get out of here. I come against you. And I'm putting this word inside of me. I don't know what you're saying. There was a friend I had. You know, he believed all his life. If I mention his name, you'll know him. He believed all his life that at the age of 40, he was going to die. Born again believer. In my presence, he would even stop speaking about it. I said, shut up. You're not going to tell me that. Because I don't care if your mother, father, granny, auntie, and there's this 40 thing has been in your family. You got the blood bought right to change it. You can have a turnaround in your life this morning. God's going to change your story. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. Because what's happening, what he did was, if I, if I tell you his name, you know him. Do you know that that boy died three days after his 40th birthday? Because there are things that you can keep lodged in your soul and never address it. But your father, and so this week the doctor saying, another doctor, he's like, you know, heart attacks, your father's throat. I'm like, I walked out there, I took his, all his documents, he said, here's your money. But rubbish. I walked out, I was so annoyed because my spirit's going to reject that word. I don't care what my history looks like. I am born again. Come on, somebody. You can't have diabetes stay in your family. You can't have strokes stay in your family. You can't have heart attacks in your family. You are born of God. That which is born of God overcomes this world. Don't let the enemy come and lodge words in your soul and you don't war. And you say, oh, I... I looked at the pastor, we walked out and said, rubbish. Absolute rubbish. A waste of money and a waste of my time. And I canceled that. So, so you must get all this medication. I said, no. I tore it up. I said, I'm not doing this. Because my spirit's not going to receive that because he wants me to come back to him every single three weeks. I said, shut up, devil. You must know when you must reject certain things. You're not going to be broke another day in your life. I don't care. You have to war for that. Oh, but you know, pastor, everybody in our family gets divorced. Oh, but you know, everybody, the alcoholics in our family. 
And so what's it got to do with you? You then been given a new name. You are the righteousness of God. You were made righteous. You're not a failure. You must make war for your soul right now because I'm telling you, even before this year is over, someone's become a multimillionaire in this place just because they believe. I refuse to accept it. When we break bread this morning, you're breaking the limitation of what you've been seeing. Your soul will begin to prosper from today. You're going to start having a good night's rest. Not a care in the world. Come on, anybody's got a baby that understands when they're sleeping, it's like, I don't care about COVID. And I don't care who voted for who. I'm finding rest. They don't care two hoots about whether you got money or not. I'm here and I'm resting. Your soul must be like that baby. Just peaceful. You're going to have a tremendous week. You're going to hear me. Because God's pulling out of your restlessness into a place of real peace with Him and rest with Him. If you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm telling you, you cannot get rest anywhere outside of Jesus. He gets the rest for your spirit is found in Christ. The rest for your soul is when you've given your life to Christ and you walk with Him. That He will not just have an open conversation with you, but open his, and open his scriptures to you. As you open up your heart to Him, He will open up your eyes and show you who you really are. Rest for your soul. I pray that you make Jesus the Lord of your life and come into your destiny to fulfill your purpose. Can we break bread together as a family? Were you blessed? Just give a shout and say amen this morning. Come on. Can you thank the Lord this morning for His goodness and His grace? You have conversation about the covenant. Yes, I'd like you to share yours, please. Can you give the computer? You shared me some stuff. Can I have the computer there, please, for Pastor Z? Just the computer, Pastor Graham. Thank you. I love that. Make his face shine upon Be gracious to Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Thank you, Lord morning church this has been so awesome i just want to read it and you don't have to go there i'm reading the voice in, um, translation in luke 168 it says um my may the lord god of israel be blessed indeed for god's intervention has begun and he has moved to rescue us the people of god and the lord has raised up a powerful sign of liberation for us Come on, somebody say thank you, Jesus, from among the descendants of God's servants, as was prophesied through the mouths of his holy prophets in ancient times. God will liberate us from our enemies and from the hand of our oppressors. God will show mercy 
promised to our ancestors, upholding and abiding the covenant he made with them, remembering the original vow he swore to Abram, from which we are all descended. God will rescue us from the grasp of our enemies so that we may serve him without fear all our days in holiness and justice in the presence of the Lord. Come on, bless the Lord for that word this morning. I believe that God is taking us and every enemy that has oppressed you in the name of Jesus is now going to be departed out of your lives in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, you're going to believe that God's, you see, you must understand that mercy is a covenantal part of who God is. He's coming to show mercy upon you this morning. There is mercy for your family. There is mercy for your life. Come on. Mercy is just not the forgiveness of sin. Mercy is, is God's willingness to get involved wherever you need help this morning. Come on, do you need help in your family this morning? God's coming and showing mercy upon your family. Do you need help and healing in your body? God's coming with his mercy to heal and deliver you today in the name of Jesus. Come on, you got to open up your life right now and say, Lord, I receive the word. I receive this morning the mercy of God. God's visiting your families with his goodness. God's visiting your family this morning with his kindness and his healing upon you today in Jesus mighty name thank you father God and even as we partake of this covenant meal we got a reminder about what God has done for you and I this morning his body was broken so that you and I could all whole and heal in every area of our lives come on you got to believe this morning that everything you and I have needed and ever will need it God has deposited into our spirits. Come on, receive today all that God has given for you. His body was broken so that we and I could walk whole this morning, whether in your body, in your family, in every area of your life. Receive this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you this morning, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for healing upon every son and daughter in this house, everyone that is live streaming this morning, Father. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from every past sin. Listen, past, present, and future sins have been taken care of. I bind and take authority today. Every oppressive spirit, every anxiety, every condemnation and fear, I'm decreeing and declaring today that you will boldly enter into the throne room of grace to obtain mercy for your faults and grace to help you in time of need. Receive today forgiveness this morning. Receive today in Jesus' mighty name name. Thank you this morning, Father God. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you this morning. Thank you for your people. Thank you for their giving. Thank you, Lord, that even as we plant seed in the season, as God's laid in your heart, there's no manipulation, free will offerings, offering if you, this message has blessed you and God has spoken to your heart, the Spirit of the Lord leading you and guiding you to sow. You can rest when the seed is out of your hand. We can rest as we're planting seed in the season. We're knowing that the guarantee of the harvest, it's coming. Thank you for your sowing. Thank you for your generosity. 
Thank you for being a part of this ministry. As you continue to sow your seed, listen, obedience brings rest. Once it's more blessed to give than to receive. When I sow my seed and I've obeyed the Lord, I find rest. Honoring God, I find rest. So as you sow your seed, and as God is speaking to your heart, thank you for your, Father, bless your people in their giving. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And keep you, make his face shine upon, be gracious to the Lord turn your face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. And keep you. And keep you. Make his face shine. Make his face shine upon and be gracious to you. The Lord this morning may his favor be upon you and a thousand come on generations sing. the lord bless you and, and children, keep you children, your children we release the blessing of the lord upon you his favor be upon you, upon you. come on let's sing let's sing and your family, your, family and your, children, your children Woo! Strong anointing. Let his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Let his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Come on, say it. Ah.
here's the deal. How does your soul feel right now? Because your soul found home, found rest. You come into church this morning and your discovery is you're finding rest. Now take, make sure that there is room in the inn throughout the week. You don't need me to speak to you. You can hear him speak to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. It's been awesome this morning. Thank you to the media team. Been under pressure. Did we come through today? No glitches. You were born to win, don't you? Bring that. Let us find rest and fight that Amalekite spirit. Peace in your home. Peace in your heart. Peace in your relationships. Peace in your going out. Peace in your coming in. Peace when you wake up. Peace when you sleep. The days of the enemy harassing you and still getting away with it are gone. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. You'll find rest, not when you die, today in your soul. In the name of Jesus. We love you. God bless you. You have a tremendous week. Amen and amen.